This is Phil Stamper, the president of wrestling, and you're watching the Three Count Podcast. And always remember to trust him. to another great edition of the three count podcast presents now entering the ring i'm your host clifford red dog miller and as always it seems to be that when you work for free 99 hot dogs and a handshake and exposure your team freaks out because you ran out of hot dogs and because of covid they they don't want to do handshakes and that's okay with me because you know what it is what it is i've done this so many times i'm so okay with this but this is now entering the ring which means one thing we have a special guest for you you can find this man at czw roh wka pkf ibf iska these are all mma promotions by the way victory combat sports you can find this man at bmcw b4w NWL, NYWC, he's been a part of so many wrestling promotions, man goes up and down, you know who he is, he has also won the Showcase Showdown on The Price is Right, you can find him, you can find him in The Wrestler in 2008 with Mickey Rourke, and last night, he is a CZW Hall of Fame in the year of 2018. He is right. the man himself, and you know who he is. His voice is so familiar. Give it up for Larry Legend. And I thank you, Clifford, for that introduction. You Gotta get all of the bullet points, just like I used to do for Ruckus. You know, I broke into CZW being the personal ring announcer for Ruckus. And one of the reasons that Ruckus wanted me to be his personal, you know, ring intro- introducer is because he has all of these different, you know, rhyme couplets that you say, uh, very similar to Kenny Omega right now on AEW. Right. If, you, if you're a fan of AEW, you listen to what good brother Justin Roberts gives him for every introduction. So thank you. I know it takes a lot of breath to get all of that out and to get it out flawlessly. And you did a bang up job. And thank you for that introduction. And thank you for having me entering the ring. Hey, I appreciate it, man. I just, I really, I've been so hyped because like one thing I accidentally left off was uh, you, you are the host of the mass wrestler. And I love that show. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, I, I, I do a lot. Okay. I do a lot as you, as you kind of ran down the tail of the tape. So forgetting, you know, or leaving off one, project that I'm on is is kind of part of the course uh, because I do so much. I just did a Facebook Live sale for ICW No Holds Barred, pretty much my bread and butter during COVID, although I, I am repping my CZW hoodie. I'm a CZW Hall of Famer. CZW has not been doing so well during the uh, pandemic, and that's all right because I really don't think any of us are doing that well, uh, but ICW, I just participated in a Facebook Live sale Last night, I'm doing a, I think it's eight-person tournament tomorrow in Wilkes-Barre, PA. Um, and then I've got another interview later on tonight. I've got an interview on Saturday. So I do a lot. But yes, the masked wrestler. The masked wrestler pretty much was a dream come true for me because a lot of folks don't know. Although I excel at being a, a pro wrestling ring announcer, uh, it's really the hosting style of a Nick Cannon uh, or, or, or Arsenio Hall, you know, I'm an eighties baby, you know, that's really what I like to present or I like for you to get the vibes of with my style of, of being an MC. Um, and I'm a very big fan of Nick Cannon. I admire him greatly for his hard work, 
and his style of presenting and keeping the audience engaged. So when they tapped me on the shoulder and brought the project to me and they said, you'd basically be the Nick Cannon of a wrestling style reality TV competition, I could hardly contain myself. I, I was like, tell me where to sign. Where do I need to be? Let me pick out my wardrobe. Uh, because again, having so much admiration for Nick Cannon, it's almost like, and I know it's on a smaller level, but it's almost like he is now a colleague of mine. I started out being a ring announcer like Howard Finkel or Michael Buffer. And after 18 years, now I have people that are tapping me on the shoulder to be the host, not the announcer, but the host of an episodic reality show. So yeah, you, you, you forgot the mask wrestler, but that's okay. It was a dream come true for me. And I encourage everyone to watch season one and uh, keep your fingers crossed for season two, because it was fantastic. Every step of the, every step of the way, it was a great project that I was a part of. And um, IWTV, independentwrestling.tv, you can sign up $9.99 a, um, a month and get the whole series. Just binge watch it. It was, it was fantastic. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I watch, I, I'm, I'm a huge IWTV fan. Like I'm on, I I'm all over the place. All over the yeah. place when it comes to that. Yeah. I have, I have a question. Like I, sure. I, I know you were a worker. I know that you've been in the ring announcing business and I'm very curious, like what brought you into the business originally? Well, um, I'll be, I'll be straight up with you. I was a very rambunctious, talkative. Um, I was, I was a problem child. You know, I had a lot of, a lot of trips to the principal's office, suspensions, detentions, fights. And uh, eventually one of the psychiatrists uh, that the school had kind of recommended my mom send me to, you know, they noted that, you know, Larry is really about presentation. Like even now talking to you, I'm presenting. And this is something that comes very naturally to me. And the psychiatrist was like, you know, you should find some way to get him involved in the arts. And, and not just the arts, the performing arts, like, you know, um, community theater. And um, after a little bit of research, my mom discovered a uh, predominantly African-American community theater in the city of Baltimore, the heart of Baltimore. It's called the Arena Players. It exists to this day. And she signed me up uh, every Tuesday after school and every Saturday to go basically work in an ensemble of young actors, uh, young, young performers, learning dance, music, you know, the, the, the lines and all of that. And I kind of really took to that like a fish out of water. Um, so I'm talking like 11, 12. This is the age I'm talking about that I was doing this kind of community theater at a at an, uh, predominantly African-American theater in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, and as I started to get closer and closer to high school age, I was still really loving this performance, whether it was a musical or a Christmas play or a, a Black History Month play. I was loving it so much that my mom took the steps to point me in the direction of a performing arts high school. You know, in Baltimore, where I'm from, there are two pretty renowned performing arts high schools, one in the city and one in the county, um, Carver and the Baltimore City School for the Arts. Uh, so with encouragement from my mom and guidance, I put together like, um, you know, a performance piece and I auditioned and I got into Carver Center for the Arts and Technology. 
And I'd say from the time I was a freshman in high school is when I really started taking it serious that I'm going to have a career that is somehow in performance. That's when I started to get really serious about it. However, during the entire journey of what I'm telling you, I always was a huge pro wrestling fan. And I mean, I was a little bit more, more bigger of a fan than most of my peers. Like, you know, blockbuster movie comes out in the summer, everybody goes to see it. And then on the first day of school, they're talking about Transformers. I'm talking about SummerSlam, Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon for the, for the Intercontinental Championship ladder match. And that was what really moved me. So in learning more about pro wrestling, the business, and learning that these guys are kind of like athlete actors a little, kind of, I started to kind of get myself immersed even more fully into pro wrestling up to and including figuring out how to like get involved. So um, again, with the foundation and the performing arts, I started to get this insatiable appetite that that was gonna be my lane to get into the entertainment industry. And then of course, as fate would have it, a couple of my friends and I, after watching Raw, decided to record ourselves doing like a few like on the bed wrestling like you know scenarios nothing nothing major just like okay and I'll be talking and then you come in the room and you DDT me on the bed you know and we filmed it and it was um in reviewing that and I'm now around like I'd say 1920 in the story reviewing the kind of you know fucking around footage that I was like, hey man, I'll bet you if we like get together on this, we could probably like record some pretty, you know, fun backyard type wrestling shows. <laughs> and that is where it really became that this was what I did, was once I started getting together with my friends and we were doing like backyard wrestling, our company was called the, the UWF, the Underground Wrestling Federation, that's when it was kind of a done deal that I was I was gonna be I was gonna be in the wrestling business because I loved it. And I'm talking about just backyard wrestling. No, no money, you know, no money, just a few fans, you know, doing it on our own, messing up, getting it right, reviewing it together, figuring out how we could do it better. I was more passionate about that with my group of friends than any kind of theater that I'd ever been doing. The idea of like being a part of like a wrestling group of actors slash athletes and like being like a stage manager, ring announcer, referee, one of the wrestlers, commentator, that was like, oh, this is it. This is it. All that other stuff was great. It gave me a great foundation to use my voice, to know how to use like my voice and, and you know, use my body. But I love the wrestling type shit more than anything. And that's, uh, I know that was really long-winded, but that's how, it, that's how it really started for me was by being a backyard wrestler. That's awesome, though. And I 100% I, I can relate to that because I remember in 2003, my friends were all like, dude, we should, we should do this too. And mind you, give you kind of an idea what's crazy is I'm from this little town in Nebraska. And uh, that's, that's where my love really started to come through. And I was like, yeah, I'm in with this. And then like, yeah, yeah. 
So yeah, I could definitely relate to how your journey goes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that if you talk to a lot of us, you find that our journey kind of involves a do-it-yourself, kind of like stumbling into like, I really love this and I'm going to get it right. And that's why in a lot of ways I say, thank God for backyard wrestling. I say, thank God for backyard wrestling. There never, there's never really been any significant, like no one's died. I've never read a story of a backyard wrestler ever, you know? Um, (laughs) And and all it's really done is like Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, um, you know, private party, all all these stars, you know? So the, the young bucks, yeah, the Briscoes, you know, like, so thank God for it. And hey, we're talking, you know, you're talking to me and I'm telling you that it started with doing like kind of like little backyard shows. Right. It's It's been crazy. And I, I know like, because I've I like obviously, you know, done some some research on you and stuff. And I'm just very curious, like, what was that transition like going from being like a worker and then just going into the announcing? Cause you have said that you, you know, you're big about the presentation. So I'm just, I'm just curious, like, when did you make that decision that you're like, you know what, like it's time to go this route? Well, well, I mean, I can't, I don't really want to say I was a worker. Okay. I, I was trained. I was definitely trained how to, how to like, you know, run the ropes, you know, Mexican rolls, whatever. I was trained. But my, my debut in wrestling has always been as an announcer. Mm. And I always kind of leaned on my voice because I, I have a pretty unique sounding voice. Um, and I also could see that wrestlers kind of were always in pain. You know, they were always in pain. They always were like, you know, you know, getting a lot, you know, a, a good amount of money, not a lot, a good amount of money, a good, a lot of attention, but they had to stay in the gym to keep their bodies. Uh, they were in pain a lot of the times. And I kind of was like, I'm, I'm not disciplined enough. I don't think I'm disciplined enough to take care of my temple to present, you know, a physique for a wrestler. Like, uh, you know. So I, I, I kind of, um, when I got involved at the MCW Pro Wrestling Training Academy, when it was called Bone Breakers, uh, they used me as kind of like an, an administrative assistant. So I did a lot of answering phone calls and, you know, using my voice and they kind of noticed that, that I had a pretty clear sounding voice and spoke so well. So I didn't choose to make the transition from a worker to a ring announcer. It was just kind of the way that it fell, fell in place. But with both being a worker and being a ring announcer, you have to have that light, that illumination from the inside to bring the spark that makes people want to see you. So I don't think there is really too much different in it. I know now after 18 years, there's plenty of times that I feel like I'm just as tired as the wrestlers at the end of a show because I've given my all and my, 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 my voice is, you know, shot. My, my, all of this up here, all of this, it's like, just, ugh, give us a break. No mas. So, you know, I don't think that they're too far removed from one another. Um, they go hand in glove. So, it wasn't really a transition. Announcing was kind of given to me based on my God-given talent. And um, it's, been, it's been a very hellacious ride with some, some peaks and valleys, ups and downs, accolades, CZW Hall of Fame and, and good stuff like that. But it's been rough. It's not, it's not easy. This game is not easy. <laughs> no, no, you're right. And, and there are days where I wake up and I'm just like, man, I feel like I got hit by a truck. 
was like, and I need to get it together. I was like, I still have yeah. a little one I got to take care of. I'm like, oh man, I definitely, definitely understand. One question I do, I know the question I wanted to ask too, right? Is that every ring announcer, every commentator, every referee, every worker has one of these. And I got to know yours, right? What has been one of your favorite fan interactions? Huh. Favorite fan interactions. That's a good one. Um, I, I'll tell you, there is a, uh, there's a guy on, on Twitter. His name is Elmer. I think it's Elmer McFudge, almost like Elmer Fudd, but Elmer McFudge. And uh, he had a, 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 his son, son was like seven. And he was uh, taking his son to CZW, actually. And um, he bought his son to Cage of Death. I want to say it was Cage of Death 14. Cage of Death 14, which kind of sort of was my last CZW Cage of Death. It turned out not to be, but that was kind of the sentiment. Everybody knew that I was, you know, after this one, I was going to start doing more stuff with ROH. And um, at the end of the show, Elmer bought his little seven-year-old up to me and he wanted an autograph. And I gave him the autograph and I took my scarf. I had a signature black and yellow CZW scarf that I would always wear especially for the big events like the anniversary and cage of death, which are two of the biggest events in tournament of death. And that, that scarf that was mine, I put it around Elmer's son's shoulders and I took a picture of him with it on. And he actually had dressed up like me that night for cage of death. He had cosplayed as Larry legend <laughs> and I was able to complete his look by kind of saying goodbye to him and say goodbye to the CZW faithful and give him my scarf, my signature scarf. So that's probably one of my favorite uh, fan interactions. Yes. And uh, as, as he's gotten older, Elmer sometimes sends me pictures of him, 14, I think he's 17 now, and he's playing, you know, lacrosse or something. And, you know, he's into sports and it's, it's a great story. That's awesome though, man. That's, I feel like that's like, it's always like around the kids. Like, because, you know, you we we do this because we love it, but then like, you find like that secondary reason, which ends up becoming the primary reason, which is like kids because you like yeah. entertaining. And it's just, I, I, every time that I, I do a practice match or I do something and my daughter's around, like, I just see her eyes just like light up like, like a Christmas tree. And it's just, it's one of those things I'm just like, all right, bet. Like, I know I'm on the right track with this. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, um, the heart of pro wrestling is the, the, the children, you know, especially our, our style of pro wrestling, what it's involved, evolved into. So, you know, that's, you know, it makes no, it makes no, it's no surprise that my favorite fan interaction involves a child. <laughs> so another question I just like, I want to ask is what is, what is some of the advice that you would want to give to up and coming talent as well as, um, you know, like anybody who's trying to find a way into like the business as far as being an announcer or just, wrestling because like you said 18 plus years i'm sure you've got like a lot to like want to give yeah i guess um just make sure you know what you want to do because sometimes people are searching for an identity and they see like a, a group or a collective and they're like oh man these guys seem really cool maybe i can get in with them um but actually if you kind of examine the wherefores and whys of why you started down that path you find that maybe some of that was a little superficial um so again to harp back on what I said earlier, this is not easy. It is not easy. I'm not looking forward to 
I'm looking forward to the show tomorrow. I'm not looking forward to the travel, <laughs> but um, it's it's not a walk in the park. Um, if you wanna if you wanna achieve anything, so just really make sure that before you go to sign up for a school, you know, or dedicate yourself, um, that it's not just like oh, Leo Rush is really cool. I want to be cool like that. You know, it's got to be a real passion for what pro wrestling is and also what performance is, um, you know? So I'm not going to say that if your your main motivation is athletics, that you're barking up the wrong tree. I'm not going to say that, but you have to have something inside of you that's into like those horror movie scenes or, you know, that, you know, the ways that, you know, Lord of the Rings made you feel in the movies, you know, those types of moments that you can feel on your inside, you have to, you have to have a passion for creating those in others. And if you don't have that, then maybe you should probably do something that you, you're, you excel at better that you, that comes naturally to you and stop because it's very hard to last 18 years on top. Um, it's very hard for me. And I wouldn't wish that on anyone if they didn't really, if they weren't really dedicated. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, no, that's great advice though. Like, yeah. make sure you're you're in it to win it because that's definitely. I feel like I see that a lot happen with like, just in just in general, and and just going through like my journey in life, like just looking at people who, I I know myself, like I've traveled. I just I love traveling and like getting into new things, but wrestling has always been like the thing that's always been there for me like to fall back on and just like once I once I finished I think it's weird because like I was one of those guys that I did everything that everybody else wanted to do like they would just like my parents right like just for an instance we want you to get a college education I'm like all right bet once I got like all that stuff knocked out of the way I was like what do I want and then I I realized that here I am still watching wrestling and I'm like there's where I want to be and that's where I'm gonna go go. I started pushing yeah but you're right. Like it's, it's all about the passion side. And that's definitely something that I think a lot of people just don't realize that just, you gotta be passionate about what you want to do. I mean, you gotta be passionate in life. And that's what I mean. Like, do, are you sure you want to make this your life? And it's funny that I say that to you because when the first night that I was at CZW, when Ruckus first brought me to CZW, he introduced me to the ultraviolet icon Zandig. Okay, I'm not sure if you know who that is, but he's kind of like in the same realm as Paulie Dangerously, taking mm. a group of misfits and creating a company and developing a huge following for that company. And it's no coincidence that that all happened in Philly. And that's where I met Zandig at the Philly, the famous ECW arena. And Ruckus brings me up to Zandig and he's like, yo, this is my boy I was telling you about. And, and Zandig looks at me, and he looks at Claude, and then um, Claude's, or Ruckus says, I'm going to have him come out and announce me tonight. You're going to love it. And Zandig looked at me again, and he gets up closer to me, and he goes, are you sure you want to get involved in this shit? And I looked up at him, and I said, yes, sir. And he looked down at me, and he just goes, and he walked away. And in all, and in that little brief interaction, he said it all. Like, are you sure you want to walk down this path? Because it's, it's that time's been quite scary, especially with uh, you know losing people. Mm. You know, there's a very high ratio of death 
in the pro wrestling industry, man, it's like I've lost a lot of people that are that grew kind of close to me in, in the families that we create. And there's nothing that's going to change that. That's part of the walk of life. So, yeah, it is what it is. I, I, I understand that. And when people ask, like, I was asked that same question, like, are you sure you want to do this? I was like, listen, um, you know, and the way you related to man, just like the loss of life. Like, you know, I came from a military background, so I definitely like, you know, I've lost my fair share of friends and then getting into this, getting into this business and then like knowing all the connections that people have. Right. So like even just recently, right. Brody, Brody Lee, like it's a, is a perfect example. Like, seeing all the connections on my Facebook story from like everybody else. I'm just like, wow, like dudes get touched and they get, you know, and they, they get brought into a whole new world. So yeah, definitely. I understand where, like where you're coming from with that. Yeah. And that's, that's my advice is just make sure that you understand everything that you're getting into with pro wrestling. It's not all what you see on TV. So yeah, that's my advice. I, you know, that's, great though but we do have to go from our hard-hitting questions to our fun segment of the show which is the three count podcast 10 count questions here's how it works i'm gonna fire off 10 questions at you rapid fast and whatever first comes to your mind is what you're gonna answer with okay so we're gonna put the imaginary timer on the clock bing there it is and here we go. Smackdown or Raw? Raw. Favorite movie? A Clockwork Orange. Oh my god, yes. Friday night, what are you doing? Hosting a eight-person tournament in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Favorite color? Red. Sonic or Mario? Mario? <laughs> Besides yourself, favorite ring announcer? Oh, probably Michael Buffer. Let's get ready to rumble. Bro, paved the way. Yes, he did. One place you would like to announce that you haven't been to yet? Japan. Shoutouts. Favorite podcast? Uh, the Joe Rogan Experience. I, I'm a huge fan of his, his show as well. Yeah. <laughs> But we'll take a close second. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. Well, I'm not going to lie. You know what? <laughs> may change after uh, tonight. Right. So nominate one person you would like to see on this show. I'd like to see Leo Rush as a guest on this show. Bet. And then last but not least, my favorite question to ask every single person that comes on this show. Favorite curse word. and there you have it the 10 count questions so last thing i need from you mr legend is to let our listeners and our viewers know where they can find you oh absolutely um so on twitter i'm blklkp again that's b as in barry l as in larry k as in kevin l as in larry k as in kevin p as in patrick blklkp on twitter uh, Facebook, just search Larry Legend. I did acquire the Facebook name Larry Legend, but there are a few other Larry Legends out there. Uh, so make sure that you request the right one on Facebook. 
on YouTube, I've also acquired Larry Legend. You can go to the Larry Legend YouTube channel. That's mine. Um, what else? Instagram. Yes, Instagram. Real Larry Legend. Again, on Instagram, Real Larry Legend. And then I have an alternate Instagram, which is uh, kind of confusing. It's Larry underscore L. 3G3ND3. That's Larry underscore legend. All the E's are threes, and there's a three at the end. Um, yeah, and subscribe to IWTV because chances are nine times out of ten, I'm hosting one of the shows that's, that, that you're going to be streaming and watching. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find me, and uh, I, I look forward to seeing everyone. Oh, I got, I got a little merch. Got some, uh, let me see if I can grab this here. One left of these, the Caribbean Larry variant of the Wrestling Buddy. Little ugly doll. I got one of these left. So look on my Facebook if you're interested in getting it. They're going to be collector's items. Um, I don't know. By the time that this comes out, they'll probably be gone. But I'm going to get some more made. But uh, support me. Grab some merch. Who wouldn't want to go to bed with a little Larry legend every night? Right? Right? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Let's yeah, go. Well... That is it, man. This is the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering the Ring. As I said, I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller. And of course, as I said, this is Now Entering the Ring with Larry Legend. And guys, tune into our next episode and be there because, you know, it's always the bomb. Okay. What's going on, Three Count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. But what I really want to do right now, go to twitter.com, right? Go over there, find us at the three count underscore pod, give us a follow, give us a like, give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the three count pod, give us a like, give us a follow, leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to youtube.com, give us a subscribe, turn the bell on, turn the notifications, leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to anger.fm forward slash the three count podcast. And in there, you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys. And we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also, one thing I need you to do for me, the three count podcast also has merchandise. Oh, at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the three count pod. Please go buy our t-shirts. We love you guys and we hope you love us too. So. Show some support, please.